0: All right, so it looks like the Yankees season has uh, finally come to an end with that loss to Tampa Bay on Tuesday night. They they need to sweep them to, to really stay in the hunt, and even at that, they, they really weren't even in the hunt anymore. I was just delusional thinking they were. So baseball season's over in New York uh football season's now a week underway the giants uh look like a continuation of last season and and maybe they won't even get us to their next season which is rangers hockey which is just under a month away that october 7th opening night against the blues uh joining me today to talk a little nhl as as we creep closer to the season and uh you know among other things is brian mcgonigal of barstool sports boston you know him as rear admiral brian how's it going today
1: Okay, how you doing? I was I wanted to ask you know was there was there even baseball and and um, Boston the summer? I didn't seem to remember any of talking about baseball. I don't remember seeing
0: any. We're so used to uh, uh, well, it was for a while, both seasons going through at least September and then October and now uh, we dropped out of that mix last year. You guys joined us uh, this year even even sooner, even like before the All Star break. So pretty brutal summers for uh, New York and Boston baseball. And uh, it's kind of crazy to think, growing up a Yankees fan and hating the Red Sox, and then going to college in Boston and having so many friends that are Red Sox fans, and and to see them win last year when really, uh, you know, last year was was should have been what happened to them this year and what happened in 2012, and they somehow every single thing went right for them. And I you know I consider it to be like almost a 12 team NFL parlay they hit for last year. No one got. Hurt. Everyone stayed healthy, and then they got the, the you know the magic and timely hittings in October, and uh, they sandwiched a championship in between two miserable seasons.
1: It's quite a thing. It's almost like I don't even know how much this one's going to be remembered compared to O four four and seven. <laughs> of course, four was the the big one. seven was nice, but you know, I I mean, I mean, from my own perspective, I went to a game last year. Uh, it was very unexpected. Uh, a friend of mine who works in law enforcement was able to get me into a game. I mean, I was wearing nylon pants and a borrowed hat. That's how, how I didn't know how much I didn't know I was going the game. And I couldn't even tell you honestly Neil, what game I was at last year. I couldn't tell if it was at the first game, the second I don't you know, I, I it just wasn't the same. Now I went to New York at all four and uh in, for game seven I was in St Louis for the two games there and I could tell you a break out of every five minutes, well at least until I blacked out down New York. I still don't know how I get back to Manhattan but you know, every little detail, remember, but last year, it was just, I mean, uh, even being at Fenway, it just didn't feel like the World Series, as bad as that sounds, it just, it was just kind of hanging out, and, and uh, yeah, it's going to be it. weird. it's been sandwiched around a bad couple of years, on, uh, but the bottom line is they won, I, I think their attitude had a lot to do with it, I think they had a lot of guys who played pistol off, played with chips on their shoulders, and uh, like I said, nobody got hurt, they got family hit, and they kind of locked out, you know, everything came on basis for them, whereas this year, it's no, been the opposite. Nobody really came through for them. But like I said, on my radar, they're pretty low on my radar now, for local sports. So whatever. <laughs> no, I'm not really crying in my beer over here.
0: Well, that's the thing, I think, uh, with the championship runs, and they're so unexpected, or at least that one was uh, – and I think, you know, for me growing up uh, with the the mid and the late 90s Yankees and, and, you know, being in fourth grade when Derek Jeter started his career and growing up as he grew up and now watching his career come to an end, uh, to think back about those teams in the late 90s, early 2000s, even 2009, and you realize, like, with the Yankees this year, I mean, 80% of their starting rotation was lost for the entire season. I, I know Tanaka might get a start here at the end of the season which doesn't really make a lot of sense since the season's over but I mean they've had so many injuries the last couple of years uh to just the thing about you know staying healthy for 162 games and, and to go back to you know when they won four out of five years and, and it could have even been more than that if, if uh, you know Mariano a couple things go differently in Arizona but I mean to stay healthy I, I guess really a championship in any sport shouldn't be taken for granted um especially especially in baseball for how long and grueling the season is every day And and along those same lines with uh, the Rangers here last year – I, I, I was ecstatic that they got past the first round. You know, I thought they had to get past Philly and, and anything else was sort of extra. And then um, when they do that and then they move on uh, past Pittsburgh, when they're down 3-1, you just assume they're going to lose and they get past them. And then you think, oh, we're in the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, anything else is uh, added from that. And then they get to the finals by beating Canadians. And once you're there, you realize you better win because you're never sure if you'll get back there again for the Rangers it has been 20 years and who knows when they'll get back there in the future.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it was a long way for you guys in so the twenty. Uh, you know, I'm sure other cities may beg to differ, but twenty years for for the Rangers, it was a long time. Uh, you know, and you guys, I think uh, you probably just the team you was know, just spent. Um, you know, kind of like Montreal was spent after the Bruins series. I think after the, the three prior series, the Rangers just didn't look like they had a hell of a lot of gas left. I up front door Lundqvist looked a little, you know, a little kind of hitting the end of the road. There, he wasn't his stellar self. I thought, you know, if he was top they could have maybe stole a game or three, but I, uh, you know, they were going against a tough team. John Quirk probably played his best series in the in the Cup final. He wasn't great all players, but he was when they needed him to be. And that LA team, LA team is just deep. They're tough. They just they've been there. They're battle hardened. And you know, there's an old cliche you tell you hear about it in hockey, and it's you know like most cliches, it's true. And it typically, players, former players talk about it is you got to learn to win. And um, you know, the Rangers hadn't really gotten that fight until this year. And, and now, you know, they know next time they're there what it's going to take. And similar like with the Bruins back in, with, you know, 08, 09, they were kind of gradually getting there. And of course, 010, they had the awful collapse versus the Flyers. But I think in hindsight, it ended up being a good thing for them because, you know, it showed them you can't really let your foot off the pedal. You have to kind of mentally, physically always be there and be ready. And, and uh, you know, it's I think the Rangers... You know, it was a tough series in the final, but I think they did learn learn to win. I think a lot of guys on the team learned what it takes to win, and it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them right back there again next year. Um, You know, obviously need some help, need a lot of things to go their way, but if one course stays stays good, stays healthy, then uh, I expect the Rangers to be right there again next year.
0: Yeah, I've always bought into that theory about, you know, you have to learn to win. And you look at it, it took the Oilers losing early on uh, to, to go onto to their dynastic run. And not that the Rangers are going to be a dynasty or anything, but that seems to always happen. Like you mentioned with the Bruins, it happened with the Penguins losing to the Red Wings and they win the next season. I think the thing that stings the most about what happened in the Rangers season is, season is that uh, their path to the finals sort of, Broke perfectly for them with Boston getting knocked out. They drew for Flyers in the first round, a team that they're used to and could beat. And it almost reminded me of the Giants run a few years ago where, you know, they got the Packers and the Saints ended up losing to the 49ers because if the Saints get through that game, the Giants go to New Orleans and they lose and then the Saints play the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But it just seemed like one of those things where everything went the Rangers way. And they had, I think the thing that stings the most, though, is they had a chance to win that series. And history will show they lost in five games. But, you know, they blew uh, two, two goal leads in the first, first two games. They lost all three overtime games, Another uh, the last one in double overtime. So that series was there for the taking. And, and while the Kings entered as a dominant, heavy favorite, um, they didn't really look that way, even though they did come away with the Cup.
1: No, you're right. You're right. It was. I mean, you, we typically don't think of a five game series as a, as a great series because you know one team apparently dominated. But, but that's a good point. That was a series where a lot of those games could have went either way. Um, you know, of course they didn't because the Kings were that much better. Um, but there's been a lot of series over the years. I mean, I remember one one year. I Christ, I want to say it was '96 and '97. It was Chicago and Colorado, and it was—I was, think Colorado beat them in five games. It was one of the greatest series I've ever seen. I think there were four World of town games. It was just unbelievable hockey. You know, pretty big rivalry. A lot of guys didn't like each other, and it was fantastic hockey. And it was, you know, a five-game series. But it just always stuck with me that just, you know, I, you know, it doesn't have to be a six or seven-game uh, slobber knock for it to be an outstanding series. And yeah, I—I I thought the Rangers, a couple bounces might have went their way, but. You know, it's just—I uh, guess when everything goes the other way, then I just wasn't meant to be following this year.
0: You know. Well, I was looking back, and the last time we talked was February 28th, so it's been—it's been quite a while. And uh, so, there obviously we didn't talk after the way the Bruins season ended. And uh, you know, from going to school in Boston, attending a lot of Bruins games, a lot of Bruins Canadians games, and always seeing those uh, those buses outside the garden where all the fans come down from Montreal and sort of take over Causeway Street and halftime pizza for the night and. uh I, I yeah, Takeover yeah. take was a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> well, they, uh, you know, we let
1: them, we let them hang out for a little bit. They don't take out. <laughs> they don't take it all. <laughs> well,
0: I, I think you know, unless you're there, you know, obviously Bruins, Canadians is. A magnificent rivalry and one of the best, uh, you know, one of the tops in sports. And and when they play in the playoffs, it's certainly at the top. And to see, you know, the Bruins lose that series, I mean, I I think that those were the two teams that were evenly matched. It was sort of like you felt like going into it, it could have gone either way. But then when the Bruins took the series lead, you felt like they would just um, put them to sleep. But I don't know if it's from social media now or whatnot, but it just seems like that series has become or, or that rivalry has become heightened over the last few years. And uh, I don't know how you guys deal with ever losing to those people. It sucks.
1: It sucks. Yeah, and it always sucks. But the thing about me goes back to my, my youth. I mean, my whole you know first uh, ten years or whatever watching the Bruins, they, they got pummeled. I mean, they get beat up by the Canadians every just about every year. Their season ended at the hands of Montreal, and often in terrible like, painful fashion, you know, with too many men in the ice in '79. Uh, the cup in, I think '78, I up my stuff in front of me. But I mean, every year it was Montreal, and Christ, I mean, you know, once in a while we were lucky to get Canadian tickets at the Gardens, and it was you know Steve Shutt and uh, Gil Four and, and uh, Ken Dryden. They gave me nightmares every. I mean, all my whole youth, the '70s up until the Jinx. It was, it was a so-called Jinx here. Yeah, I know they called it the Curse at the Red Sox, but Montreal Bruins was called the Jinx. And it didn't end until 1988. You know, Gandalf, he kind of blew, you know figured out Patrick Bruel, and the Bruins kind of owned the Habs for a little while there. But it was awful. I mean, it was my whole life up until well, I was 16 years old before we beat them. So I was used to that. So you know, you you know, we kind of got the a hand. It was it was nice for a while, but it always sucks to lose them. It's Montreal. You know, I mean, they get blood rival. There's a there's a very big, begrudging respect there. Like today, I don't know if you saw like Saku Koi, Koi who retired today. And I said, you know, there's there's uh, one guy I could never bring myself to even dislike him as a Canadian. He was just such a classy guy. I mean, he went to the cancer, for everything he went to. He was just such a, you know, good guy. And actually, someone on Twitter made a uh, comparison to Darren Cheetah, which I thought was kind of a folk. Kid. You know, they, they just go about things the right way. Nobody really had a bad thing to say about him. They played in, you know, huge markets where excellence is expected. And they just, they excelled. They did great. And, and, um, you know, I just, I hate to lose them. I uh, you never think it's over. I mean we were up this year, you know, you you just know anything can happen in that game. Uh having said that I thought the Bruins played awful versus Montreal. Um, you just look at the numbers. Uh, I think it's almost like they're back on the Bruins head for a long time it seemed like the Bruins were in Montreal's head after, you know, escaping the Jinks and then all that. But now it's like you look at the numbers and what was wrong? I mean Tuukka Rask was was terrible against Montreal. Uh, the best players, you know, if, uh, like Gimba, I mean, I know he had five goals in the playoffs, but he was nowhere to be found out the playoffs. Craig T didn't do much. Uh, Soderbergh was their best, probably best forward. Uh, and they just, they just didn't match the emotional intensity, attempt, intensity of the Canadian. And that's what hurts the most is when you know they could beat them, and they just didn't seem to match them. Uh, bring the same effort, I don't think. You know, that pisses you off as a fan, man. You know, I, I mean, they say they left it all out there. How I many they did and whatever, but. I don't know, it was just it was tough to swallow this year, man. It was it was really tough to swallow. But again, it's sports. I wake up the next day and you know, whatever, I'm on to the next day.
0: Well, I've always uh, since the first time we ever uh, talked was uh, I know when you talked about the Patriots and how you know it's you were saying how it sucks if they lose in the playoffs or uh, if they lose in the AFC Championship or something. But like you just said, you you wake up the next day and it doesn't it doesn't affect your life, uh, even though some people uh, take it take it a lot harder than others. Oh,
1: it's crazy! Like on Twitter the other day, people you know I I tend to be pretty. Not well, literal, but whatever. I'm usually truthful. I don't troll a lot, so when I do, people mistaken. And I made a you know Google about Craig the other day. And it's like people get so crazy, man. They quite, it's like listen, it's like the lesson from the Bronx down you. you know, you know what? Remember when when uh, he's talking to Calodiro, and he says, "You know, Mickey Man not care. Mickey Mantle don't care about you." <laughs> And it's like, it's so true. It's like, and I don't know if I, you know, because I, I, I am behind the scenes a little bit with the credentials. I see them, but, it, you know, it's, it's a it's a performance. They go out, they put a show on, and ultimately, some guys, yeah, they'll meet the fans, but ultimately, they don't, you know, they don't care about you at all. Like, they, and I'm not saying they're jerks or whatever, just they have their own life, that's their job, and they go home, and that's that. So, you know, don't care so much about them because it's not. It's not, you know, coming the other way. That's uh, not what I'm thinking of. It's, you know, it's not coming back the same way. It's like, people will create, it's like, look, those guys don't know you, they don't care about you, you you know, you support them, that's great. Right. But at the end of the day, man, it's sports. It's entertainment. It's something that, I don't know, maybe I, I have a little more perspective of older than, you know, a lot of the guys I deal with or talk to on Twitter. So, you know, you get a, a little older about things and, you know, you realize that things are, there's more things important in life than sports. and, also, when you win, you're, you know, like the Red Sox won in '04. 4 Isn't It great day. I was for it for a couple of days. About a week later, I'm at my same crumb bomb, cube monkey job doing the same thing. <laughs> and it's like, my life hasn't changed one iota. I mean, yeah, the Red Sox won. I got a new T-shirt, and that's it. So, you know, so when that happened, it was a lesson. I said, now when now my team lose. I'm never going to get despondent, And I really don't. I, I, uh, I'll write a blog. I'll, I'll be mopey for 10 minutes. And, And I'm over it because, you know, winning's great, but it doesn't ultimately change your life. It really, I mean, unless you're that obsessed with it and you probably got an issue, but, you know, it's just sports. It's just entertainment. If you're great. If you lose, whatever, man. You know, it's going to put a movie on or something. Because, you know, those guys, like I said, I'm not going to cry for them. They ain't going to cry for me if I get laid off, you know?
0: (laughs) Well, that's funny because you mentioned having the credential and how maybe that changes it and, uh... You know, when I wrote for WFA dot com for the few years there and I have the press pass to the Yankees and uh I would go obviously watch the game in the press box and, and Sweeney Murdy who covers the the Yankees for WFA and after the games he'd always be like, Hey, do you wanna you know come down to the clubhouse? And I, and I always said no because I always tried to write from the fan's perspective, and uh, when you grow up and you're, whatever, eight years old when Derek Jeter's playing and now you're 27, he's still playing, you just, I feel like you just want to keep the same idea of people that you've always had, and, you know, if I write something bad about Nick Swisher, you know, it's about Nick Swisher, the baseball player, I don't care, maybe he's a great person and does charity work and community work, but I say I hate this guy, I I, I want this guy gone, I'm never talking about the person in their real life, and I think... People don't understand that. They always think, oh, they'll you know, someone will always defend someone. And uh, I think people have a hard time, you know, taking away uh, a guy on the field for three hours from his real life. Yeah,
1: I, mean, I think that, you know, fans might have that problem. But in my, you know my experience, the players really, I mean, they really don't give a crap. They don't, I mean, they say they don't read it. But they do. I mean, they do read this stuff. I mean, uh, but they, they don't care. I mean, I really don't think, unless you make it a personal attack, they don't care. They don't read. I mean, that's... Because there's so much written written about it nowadays, with the blogs, the regular media, the, the school, the the team covered media. I mean, it, it's endless. It's the same quotes get retweeted, you know, right when a story breaks. It's stinks up, it, and it's it's like you know they don't they don't care if you're writing about them. Like I said, you're writing something bad about them or personal or whatever about them, screwing around, and that's one thing. But you know, I mean, I, I think that you know, I had a, my credential the first year and my for two months, and I wrote the fire the coach. And I was in the locker room for you know two days later, or whatever, three days later, and you know no one, no one gave me a funny. Not I didn't get looked that cross-eyed, Because cross, again, they don't care. There's so much stuff out there being written, you know. And it's funny. I actually apologized to Claude when they wanted Nick over, and I said, "I know you don't read, you don't read it." I said, "But I said I did, I did call for you to get canned back in uh, December, and I've never been having a piece so wrong." <laughs> he was kind of laughing. I said, like, "Oh, thanks." I mean, you know, he didn't read it. He wasn't brought to his attention. It just. You know, like I said, they don't care. It's just they know it's being written. They they give the quotes, especially hockey quotes. I mean, you're never going to get a, a, a great, really great quote on the record now. I mean, the team releases all the information. It's just, you know, it's almost like a dog and pony show. That's why I like the blogs like ours, because, you know, we're able to give our opinion, you know, a little more unfiltered, I guess, than, than some other places and kind of, you know, give our perspective, because, you know, game stories are, are, are passe. They're so old. I mean, who, who needs a game story anymore? Everyone sees the game or sees the highlights before midnight. They're so played out. I mean, the quotes for most players are just blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It, you know, you've got to kind of, like, dig in between and, you know, kind of, you know, analyze your own way. And, and you hopefully, you, you know, find something, find a niche like you have, like I have, and, you know, roll with it.
0: Well, like you mentioned there with game stories, I mean, what's the point? You know, it, it doesn't even make sense that people – Uh, Read game stories or write them Take the time to write them or newspapers I mean obviously that's a whole different thing Why they're still even printed but to have These uh, ideas that you need a game Story or a sidebar or some feature I mean um, like you said these teams are Handing out the quotes they're already transcribed No one can really get the one on one time they Used to so no one's getting a unique thing and No one's beating anyone or scooping anyone On stories even though people on Twitter and uh, you know beat reporter nerds Who think that, um, that That aspect of journalism still exists Exist, you know, they'll be like, "Hey, uh, John Heyman will say uh, Mark Teixeira signs with the Yankees." Uh, Ken Rosenthal had it first, as if anyone cares who had it first or second. And it just—it's kind of weird the way reporting is now and, and the way it's going. And you look at for Barstool's sake. I mean, you have the credential to the games. I have friends up in Boston who uh, are on other blogs. They have credentials to the games, and I think back to when I was a senior there and I was uh, interning. With with Nesson and the Bruins, and, and there was no one like that. I mean, no one like that was on the ninth floor. You had to be part of the Herald, part of the Globe, or part of one of the TV networks. And, uh it, you know it's changed drastically in the last six seven years and and now per the way reporting's covered has changed and you see a lot of these NHL teams now uh hiring guys who who started with blogs whether they're you know statistical blogs or things like that and and it's just it's just odd to see the way things are going and, and it's clear that the uh the old crew the, the newspaper beat guys who have been there for twenty five thirty years are, are cer- certainly not fans of the way it's going
1: yeah it's definitely changed um especially you know in city in, as far as what kind of you know, analysis or feedback or whatever you want to get with, with the teams. I mean, you know, Jerry, I think is, you know, he's obviously a friend of mine. I think he's one of the best Patriots writers in the city. Uh He understands the game. Uh, I, I Worldly beyond some of the people who we've actually cover the team in the city. It's, you know, I mean, as far as, a, you know, what my position, I, I mean, I know they're a beat right in the city. They don't even like hockey. I mean, they were tweeting a year ago that, oh, this is my first hockey game in eight years. And it's like, okay, yeah, beat report. Yeah, you can't, you, you, the idea of the job is supposed to be able to cover any sport and go do that. And I get all that. But, you know, it's like, you, you, don't, you want a, don't you want a person who actually grew up watching the game, who knows the history, who knows, you know, it's like, you know, it, it, you don't have any of that. You, you got a person who's a beat writer and they're getting moved to the job and, well, now they're going to cover the Bruins now, even though they don't like hockey. <laughs> <laughs> don't care for the sport well you know why Why am I going to want to read this person now? they don't like they said it a year ago that, that you know hockey's not their thing so they obviously didn't grow up with it but not familiar they it. yeah he didn't cover it he didn't still do a good job and yeah, the a beat reporter but you're, you're missing so much nuance and subtlety and so much depth that you don't have because you weren't a hockey fan growing up you know and I think people see that with, with some you know certain things now there have been other writers that have been around forever in the city. The, the Herald guys, they've been there forever. They do a good job. They're kind of old school newspaper men like we were talking about. They still do the game story. They still do the sidebar. but that's their job. That's their newspaper guys. And there are still a lot of old timers like my dad who never even seen the internet and we are going to read papers till the day they die. <laughs> so, you know, they're still clinging to that type of stuff. But, uh, I, I think, you know, the, the, the uh, what do you call it? In, the internet, the blogs or whatever. The Bruins have been outstanding. Uh, I can't commend them enough. They, it's all. It's smart, It's smart 'cause because it's more marketing for the team. More people talking about it. More people, you know, probably going to buy your tickets. From that aspect, it's smart. It's also, you know, uh, they, they they've been great to me. They've been outstanding to me. They they let me in right from the get go. I never got any. Don't write this. Don't say that. I never got anything like that. Just do your thing. And and I think they appreciate what I do. Like I, I behave myself in the press box. I get along with everybody. I make some good friends up there. And it's uh it, it's it, it adds to the experience. I don't think the quotes do. Where I get a lot of chunk is talking to people in the press box. I get more gossip and more stories up there. I mean, I'm not stuff I run with all the time or put in a blog, but you get a lot up there. I, I become pretty friendly with a few former players and scouts and whatever. And, you know, you, that's where you hear the real story. That's where you get the real dirt. So, uh, for that, for that end, it's, it's good to have that. And, you know, we, I think, you know, that last would bring a different perspective. Uh, Dave has been great as an editor. He doesn't, I mean, it's a great guy. He's not the biggest hockey fan, so he can't really <laughs> pick my pieces apart too much. But he lets me write what I want. I mean, I, I, it goes from my brain to the Internet, and that's that. And, you know, not so many people. A lot of people still have that. I mean, to have a no editor, and the, probably a couple of nights I probably could have used one. <laughs> uh, but I love it. I, you know, I love being able to write from my brain to to the Internet. And you know, I've gotten good feedback from, you know, people in the town who worked for big media companies and surprised me and said, you know, more, you know, more people read that stuff than, than a lot of other people. in And I would have never thought that in a million years until someone said that to me. And, you know, since then, I kind of thought, I to, you know, maybe take this a little more serious now, people, not many people are reading me. And, you know, I used to do it more in a comedic tone. I was probably a little bit more like, uh, Smitty, Impostile Philly, you know, trying to squeeze as many jokes in as I could and, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I was the way I wrote back then, but as something changed and I just became more about trying to analyze and write about the team, and you know, if I had an opportunity to be funny, I would be, but not to force the funny. And I think I've evolved a bit in that regard as, you know, writing about the team. And, you know, it's it's been good. We'll see how long it goes, but I think this is my seventh or eighth year, and whatever. We'll, we'll see what happens.
0: <laughs> well, the thing with Boston and, and the media and the sports media and. I, at times, wish New York was more like Boston in that sense because uh, everything there is, is you know, there's so much competition. There's so many different outlets to go to. There's so many different, um, you know, things to read, places to read, uh, people to read in Boston. And it's not like that in New York. I mean, and another thing with Boston is that, there's not much, you know, aside from the four teams, which is another plus. Everyone likes the same four teams. Whereas here you got two baseball, you know, three hockey, two football, um, two basketball. So it's spread out. And I think, you know, in Boston there's there's not much to do. And especially when it gets cold, um, you can really only go to games. I mean, you're either at a Bruins game or Celtics game in the winter. You go down uh, the highway to the to Patriots in the summer. you got the the Red Sox. And I think in New York, because, you know, there's obviously a sports, but there's, there's Broadway, there's uh comedy there's a you know the financial capital of the world so there's just too much going on almost at times in new york that i that i wish it had
1: that boston feel you forgot the seven hundred and forty-seven thousand Irish stars on Manhattan,
0: Yankees. So. <laughs> no, I I, 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 think it would be nice to to have people that uh, you know had one direction, and that's the thing. It's like when people say, "Oh, it's so hard to play in New York and stuff." I think they don't understand Boston is probably harder because someone on the Yankees does something stupid. There's also another team in town that has to be covered too. Whereas, uh, uh, you know, Dustin Pojoya goes out and, and does, uh, you know, he's out drinking at five in the morning the night before a game. It's the only thing for the, for people to talk about. In Boston.
1: Right, I, yeah, it's almost like it's like the microscope is bigger for the for the players here. Whereas, you know, with so many teams in New York, they can maybe hide out a little bit more. But um, yeah, I, I I love it, man. I, I you know, it's I, that's why we're not a big college town. Don't let anyone from BC tell who we are <laughs> uh, Boston. We got four four pro sports all year round, and you know, I, I it's, you can't really ask for anything more than that, man. I'm I, one 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 in each major sport. I I don't want another baseball team. Yeah, we don't. I mean. I don't think we really have the population or the wherewithal to, to to support it right now. Uh, you know, New York's metropolitan area is ten million people or whatever the hell it is. So you got plenty of people, plenty of g- regions and geography there. Whereas, you know, Boston is a little seaside shanty town with uh, you know, I think six hundred thousand people in its metro area. So, you know, we're we're content here with that with our four teams and you know, and the thing is if someone does screw up you know, America, man, they don't care. You say you're sorry, you move on, and then they just move on to the next
0: day hole after that, you know? <laughs> well, uh, mentioning how one city has way more teams than the other and, and the possibility of getting more, and the uh, the biggest thing I think out of the NHL this offseason, this summer, has been the talk of expansion uh, with the idea that Las Vegas uh, is a, you know, in quotes, done deal, and with the possibility of Toronto getting another team, Quebec getting a team back. Seattle maybe getting a team. Uh, I think the NHL is probably watered down as it is, and they probably could use a less, a few less teams. Uh, but these four cities, or, or at least uh, you know two, three new cities, one's old, and, and adding a second team to Toronto is intriguing. And uh, while it's not exactly the NHL it used to be, um, maybe maybe not expanding, but maybe switching around teams would make a little more sense. You know, maybe take a team out of Florida, like like Florida, like the Panthers, um, maybe some other s- Southern U.S. teams that. Uh, have moved under Bettman's watch from either the northern U.S. or Canada. But, you know, what's your idea of the idea of sp- expansion and uh, possibly adding even more teams to an already 30-team NHL?
1: Uh, first off, going back to that done deal quote, I thought that was a crock of, crack of crap from the get-go. Uh, Tony Gallagher wrote that story. He's a Canucks columnist, no, columnist, 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 columnist <laughs> who, you know, is an example the most white guy in Canada. He called something a done deal in which there was no owner. Uh, I mean, like, how can it be a done deal if there's no owner? I mean, that's like saying, yeah, well, I'm not, I sold the house. I just don't have a buyer yet. You know, it's like, no, there's no done deal. Uh, I didn't buy that from the get go. Uh, Vegas is a possibility. I mean, I think the NHL has a, a list of teams where they, a list of cities where they may use. But as far as a done deal, I think that's a load of crap. I think there's still a lot that needs to happen. Uh, right now, we got 30 teams, uneven conferences. I think eventually the NHL does want 32 teams. I don't buy 34. I don't think he need 17 in each squad, because I think 16, 32 teams is ideal. That's what the NFL has. Uh, I think, you know, it's perfect for a tournament situation, you know, 48, 12, 16, you know what I mean? I everything mean, kind of goes in fours in a tournament format. Um, I think uh, Toronto, a second team, I don't see it. I mean, the NHL's got everything in their power uh, to let Toronto can, you know, expand and, you know, get a tighter grip on it. It's Maple Leaf, Monopoly, if, if if anything, they kind of have that whole area league fans. It's almost like they don't have a choice. So uh, I, mean, I think the, NFL, uh, the NHL has been, you know, in cahoots with them as far as that. They, they've they kept other teams, other team in Markham, a team in Southern Antio- Ontario. You know, they, they haven't opened the door to let that happen. And I think they just want you know Toronto to have that whole region. So I don't see that happening. Uh, I think Quebec is a possibility to building an arena. There's definitely a fandom for it. Uh, I don't think they're too close to Montreal. I think there's surely enough Canadians to go there. Uh, Seattle's another place. It's just, this so much up in the air. They, they need an arena, but if they, like, you know, there's a hoop team that wants to get there first, they might get it. It's, it's, everything I read on, I'm kind of confused. Well, if there's a hockey team, they might get it, but then other things as well, they won't do it without hockey and basketball. Uh, I really don't think the NHL has any, like, set thing right now. Like okay. that done deal quote? I mean, Bob McKenzie didn't say anything about it. Darren Dragan didn't say anything about it. Uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Brainsarton on the, uh, uh, uh Craig uh what what the hell is name. Three of the talk Canadian Jones I wanna say an iota about that. When that when that happened to Mike I know they're on vacation to come, but nothing to it. It was just a guy's opinion and done deal. Done deal no yeah, order, no team, no nothing. It was just a stupid quote and it <laughs> got everybody talking. And I don't think it, 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 uh, that I mean experience is any closer or any farther. It just I mean people were talking about the same thing six months ago. Um personally you're not gonna see Miami leave, I don't think. I know everyone says it, I don't think she's gonna leave those, those teams have sweet really hot leagues uh, with, uh, with basically the the, the the states and teams, uh, states and regions, keep basically paying to stay there. Uh, so if you're an owner, it's like, you know, why would you want to leave? You're still going to make some money. You're going to have a horrible team. You're not really going to get on a run. Uh, it's too bad, though. I mean, Dale Towns, a good hockey man. He's, he, he did a lot with the Blackhawks before they won their first cup. Now he's in Florida. He's trying to do it again there and it's just so tough to do when there's no one going to games. I mean, it's not even a revenue thing. obviously it is a revenue thing, but it's just you know, it's like how are you running a team with no one coming, man? And you know, Phoenix, they're gonna try again after ten, you have to fail after ten years. They think they're gonna get stable in the next two. I don't see it happening, but um I for long, long answer. <laughs> I don't think expansion is on the horizon. Sorry for a long. One. I don't think it's on the horizon. I think it you know, a few years down the line. The league's going to look to go to thirty-two teams, but they're not going to just take the first thing that uh, pops up. I think they're going to be slow, deliberate about it, and you know make sure they're going to get two places that are going to last.
0: Well, we still got a few weeks left to hockey, and obviously uh, at least a couple years left to the expansion. But right now, football season underway, and uh, we talked championships earlier, and. It seems like for the first time in a long time, everyone was back in the Patriots going into the season. Uh, a lot of lot of uh, picks for them, predictions for them to to not only return to the Super Bowl but win it. Uh, and then they come away, you know. Well, we'll start actually before the season with their over under win total, which seemed. Um, kind of low because the, the the last time they didn't match 11 was, uh, you know, I think 2009. And uh, aside from that, I mean, they even matched it when Matt Castle took over for Tom Brady. So that seemed low to begin with from a gambling wagering uh, standpoint. But the Patriots to come out and, and lose like that to the Dolphins, that's not a good way for uh, for Boston there who, who missed out on the baseball season to go right into football.
1: Miami has always, always, always played them tough down there, especially this time of year. I went to a bachelor party. I don't know, sometime, some years ago, in, in September, it was so hot, it was like, never again will I do this. We we, we actually left at halftime of the game and went to the bachelor party, uh, pass game for the bachelor party. Half of us left at the game, it was so hot and humid. I mean, it was so uncomfortable, you couldn't drink it, it was so hot. And, and the Patriots just have always had a rough time when they play down there early in the year. So I wasn't surprised at all. I didn't bet them that game. Well. I didn't I didn't like them, I didn't like them laying points at all. Um, you know, they look good in the first half, but, you know, they came with, they, they added a lot of parts this year. Um, they, they were kind of a dumpster fire the other day. They, you know, Brady was we so used to him, you know, getting it together, but frankly, he's been, um, he's been a misfire the last few times. I mean, you know, you were so used to him, he did it for so long, and, you know, the last couple of years, man, it's like you can remember the times he didn't get it done more than the times he has. And, you know, I mean, it's not a, uh, you know, a personnel thing, or not having a receiver, or a, or a crappy offensive line. Or is it a got 37 hill guy, you know, losing it, losing it, losing his game? I mean, that's what happens. You play sports and you lose it, you know, and, and it could be Brady just kind of hitting that wall. Uh, I don't know if that's the case. I, you know, he was great last year. He got to a conference championship that no one saw him going to. Uh, besides this week, though, I don't see them losing in Minnesota this week, especially going against the uh, the guy basically who Belichick and Brady know every week. There's Matt Castle. Um, you know, Minnesota's an atrocious team last year. I know they got a couple of good running backs. Um, but the Pats are going to be angry this week. They kind of, last week was kind of remind me of when a good goalie deal has a really bad game and his next team, you know, he's going to have a shutout or like a one goal game. I think that we'll see that with the Pats this week. I think we're going to see an angry, a uh, little more fierce team. Uh, team, I do like want to see a little bit more of what the Patriots are this weekend in Minnesota than what we saw last week down in South Florida. Well,
0: I know you, uh, tweet your picks sometimes to, you know, what you're looking at. And, and it seems you, – you, I know you're a big puck line guy during the NHL season, and a lot of times you have those reverse lines that get you, like, plus 600, plus 700. So, you know, what do you look for uh, NFL season? What's your uh, what's your strategy? Um, it's
1: funny. Sometimes I'll look at the beginning of the week, and if something jumps out at me, I'll throw it I'll throw. in, thinking the line might change or whatever. I don't always have luck doing that. So lately my strategy – Modest to out is twelve o'clock. You know, turn on, open the paper, or turn on the computer, or whatever, and then just go. And I just like pick like some weeks I don't even look at who plays. No, I'm not even kidding. I'll do my fantasy, but I won't pay attention really to who plays. Who. And then Sunday, I'll just I just go go on my gut. It's, I don't break it down by numbers, and you know I, I understand guys who do that. I'm not really a statistics guy. What with any aspect, I hate I hate numbers. I'm more of a English major guy, not a math major guy. <laughs> So, I don't really get into the analytics of it. Uh, you know, some guys do and make money that way. I'm a gut gambler. I, I just go, I look, and I'll say, oh, I like them, I like them, and I like them, and, and go and bet them. But I'll, yeah, I do sneak seek out alternate lines like the other day I had um. on. I got all my stuff in front of me. but one the other day. Oh, San Francisco was minus 10.5, and, and you are getting back like, uh, I think it was 220. Instead of, you know, laying four and getting back 100, say 110, you put up. Ten and a half points, but you are getting back two twenty. So I, I hit that. You know, it's I, I like to find bets like that where you see yourself. Okay, I think this team. You know, I going they have no, you know, find a line corresponding to that, and you know, you can make a few more bucks than you would just you know laying the three or four points.
0: All right, Brian. Well, we'll have to we'll have to talk again here uh, as we get closer to hockey season and as football season gets a little farther in. But uh, thank you for joining me today. And uh, we didn't have a baseball season, but uh, hopefully both cities can have a football season.
1: Absolutely, we'll be talking soon. And um, if you're liking anyone this weekend, um, I'd say take Jacksonville six points. Washington shouldn't be giving anybody six points. And um, <laughs> take San Diego at home with six points. I don't care if they're playing in Seattle.
0: All right, well, uh, I'll have to remember that for the next time so we can like, you can look back and see how it went.
1: I'm the doctor to the win money in the NFL, trust me. <laughs> all
0: right, all right, Brian, thanks again. and Dale, yeah, thank Thanks for having me, brother.
1: Anytime.